With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League, included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, we made it to a Thursday, Dan and the Dan. That's Dan Patrick Show, almost fully assembled. Marvin's here, Paulie's here, Fritzy, and still without Seton. Hope he's uh, feeling better. You can vote on most valuable, least valuable, most improved, least improved. Go to danpatrick.com. We'll have the final results and our final show of the year next week. Play of the day, poll question, stat of the day, all of that forthcoming stat of the day brought to you by the great folks at Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Today's the last day to guarantee shipping for your orders at danpatrick.com. This program brought to you by Discover. We could talk about how with Discover you can redeem your rewards for cash in any amount at any time. And that's amazing. Learn more. Discover.com slash redeem rewards. Terms do apply. We are set with the World Cup for France and Argentina. That will be Sunday at 10 in the morning. Great time slot. Yeah, got that. And then you got pregame shows and then you got football all afternoon long. But uh, France, the defending champs, the first defending champs to return to the finals since Brazil back in 2002. I picked France uh, to start, uh, but then four years ago, I picked France to start. And, hello, I may not know anything about soccer, but I know something about soccer. Mbappe. You speak a little French, right? Oui, il faut que je cherche un livre. <laughs> Every time you say that, it sounds German to me. I don't know why. <laughs> Ferme le bouche. Oh, yeah, I love that guy. That means shut your mouth. Oh, Yes, it does. At least I hope it does. Because when I uh, took French in high school, we had uh, two students who were from French Canada. They were from Quebec. And they came down. They took French in high school. And, of course, they got A's. But we wanted to know what are some of the words that you can use or expressions you could use outside of the classroom. And then they told us a couple of those. That's cool. Yeah. They came in handy. But my, uh, my French name in class was uh, Pierre de Bonheur. <laughs> Is that self and yes? You give it to yourself. I I, I picked my name and uh, I picked Pierre de Bonaire. <laughs> <laughs> yes, snuck that past the goalie. Yeah. Well, Mrs. Good, Madame Bun was my teacher, and uh, everybody got to pick their name, and mine was Pierre de Bonaire. Yes, Paul. I once dated a French Canadian girl at Southern Illinois University. Went back to visit her in Quebec, Montreal. Yeah, and we all went out to a movie one night. They took us to a movie theater. It was in French, so we saw Aliens with Sigourney Weaver Ooh. in French. It, they're less threatening, the, the bad guys, in, in when, the, when the, all the words are in French. Sigourney Weaver and Alien look oh, good in any language. Kicked ass. Yes, absolutely. All right, Peter King will join us coming up. Are we going to have another play that's reviewable, and that's Roughing the Passer? The owners met outside of Dallas yesterday. Peter will uh, give us an update on that. Tony Dungy from Football Night in America will stop by as well. Tonight... The Niners and the Seahawks, not sure if Brock Purdy is going to be able to play. But if I would have told you, let's say, two months ago, hey, you may not want to watch the Thursday night game because Brock Purdy may not be the starting quarterback for the 49ers. Well, that's where we are because I don't know if Josh Johnson is going to start, but Brock Purdy has a rib injury and uh, Geno Smith. You know, Geno's got to make sure he continues to play at a pretty high level here. I still feel like Seattle is going to draft a quarterback. If you're going to have a top five pick, you don't get up there very often. You could still keep Geno Smith. 
give him a two-year deal, give him $20 million a year, and then all of a sudden you got an opportunity to get a quarterback that's going to be your future, and you got a top-five pick. you got Denver's pick right now. That would be the number two overall pick. Ouch. Sorry about that, Todd. Let's ride. Not good. Let's ride. When we talk about paying running backs, and I saw this, Todd McShay of the Mothership had his uh, mock draft, and uh, he was looking at what certain teams are going to do and uh, the upcoming draft. And he had the Eagles, who have right now the fifth overall pick, taking Bijan Robinson out of Texas. Well, he's a great back, but do I want to take a running back that high? And I don't. You look at Christian McCaffrey. That's a $12 million cap hit. But he's got six total touchdowns, averaged over 110 yards total offense per game since he's gone to San Francisco. And San Francisco's 6-1 and one with Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, at that price, I love it. I just don't want my running back to be getting $18, $20 million a year. And the Giants have this conundrum. Saquon Barkley's played well. Do you want to pay him this next contract? Well, he's missed a lot of time due to injury. So it's different. Derrick Henry has played and taken a lot of hits, but they did extend him. Alvin Kamara is more of a hybrid back like Christian McCaffrey. If you can give me that, and I can offset that with somebody else who's going to be your primary running back, like the Cowboys. If you can afford Zeke and Tony Pollard, Pollard's your hybrid. Zeke is going to be your power guy. If you can afford to spend, but you're spending $15 million on Zeke, which I never would. But it may work out for them. With McCaffrey, he's different. There's a few of those running backs there. But would I take Bijan Robinson as great as he is or was at Texas? Top five pick? I wouldn't. Yeah, Paul. It's almost like a flawed position financially because you take someone in the top 10 and they work out. Let's say Saquon Barkley works out or Derek Henry works out. you got to pay him big money twice. The top 10 draft pick money and then their new contract money, which is... You know, let's say it's four years, $50 million. That's a big chunk for a running back when you can get... Look, who's a kid for uh, Kansas City? Isaiah Pacheco? Yeah. I bet you he costs like 600000 a year. Yeah. And he's doing fine. Yeah. You can find those running backs. You can find wide receivers. Hard to find quarterbacks. Although, you got Geno Smith versus Brock Purdy tonight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, play of the day, stat of the day. Poll question, who's doing the honors today? Fritzy? I got it. Okay. Which would you rather, a poll special, Brock Purdy starts tonight for the Niners or a big snow for the Dolphins-Bills game Saturday night? Okay. Can I have both? You cannot. You have to pick one that you'd want a little more than the other. It's a choice involved. Well, I think the Dolphins and Bills will be a great game no matter what the weather is. Like, I'm going to be disappointed if we don't have snow because now it feels like that's been the storyline. Here is uh, Mike McDaniel, the Dolphins head coach, on the impending weather. To me, uh, you, you just decide if you're going to let it factor in or not, um, and then you adjust as best you can. Um, we will be playing um, the game in the same elements, and as a competitor, uh, man for man for our football team, that that's the objective is that you're – uh, you know, are you going to let the elements matter more to you than them? Uh, it is the same field, the same elements. So um, you just you just decide mentally um, how much you're going to let it affect you. Okay, well, hold on. <laughs> if I'm playing for the Dolphins and my coach has that speech, I'm going, let's get them. Oh, co- oh, coach, you're done. What did what, what, you say? It's about a mindset or something like that. Uh, oh, my goodness. Come on. Yeah, Paul. Did the Dolphins coach just give the weather bulletin board material? He said oh, the weather's overrated. Wow. You don't want to give weather whoa, bulletin board material. Whoa, whoa. Weather is going to take this personally. Hey, back. Here is Tua Tungabailoa on the weather. For for me, at least, I, I can speak for myself that it's a mindset thing, uh, really. Um and if I'm too focused and worried about, you know, is it too cold? Is it, can mm-hmm. I, can I really grab the ball? Can I not like, then I, you know, I would say I'm focused on the wrong things. Okay. 
Uh, could you give me an update on the weather forecast in Buffalo Saturday? Of course. Buffalo, New York, uh, Friday night, one to three inches expected. So there's the base coat. Okay. During the day on Saturday, 32 degrees, another one to three inches. Mm-hmm. That said, mm-hmm. I checked some local uh, reports. Mm-hmm. That could change drastically because of the, how the, the jet stream goes through Buffalo. Oh, okay. Keep an eye on the barometric okay. pressure. Okay. Uh, Saturday night, 25 degrees, uh, 10 to 15 mile an hour wind, which is big. Chance of snow, 60%. Doesn't seem like a... A big snowstorm, mm-hmm. but right now, snow is expected for 24 hours. I'd like a wintry mix is uh, what I'd like there. By the way, in case you're wondering, the Niners are three-and-a-half-point favorites against the Seahawks tonight. The over-under listed at uh, 43, that according to DraftKings. Here's one. Who has the best chance Who has the best chance to score a touchdown at any time tonight? Best odds. If you said Kenneth Walker Jr. the third, you'd be correct. And then uh, Christian McCaffrey is also in there as well. Not sure about Brock Purdy, but uh, that might be a game time decision. All right, what else do we have, Fritzy? We've got being great at home and terrible on the road, a.k.a. the Warriors, is fairly common, no biggie. Signs of a big problem. The Warriors are 2-13 and 13 on the road this season. That matches their worst road start since 1997 when they also started out 2-13. and 13. I don't worry about the Golden State Warriors during the regular season. I do worry about the margin of these losses on the road. When you get blown out, and I think it's been an average of fourteen, at least 14 points with all of these losses on the road. And I'm not sure what it comes down to. I don't know if Steve Kerr has been able to provide an explanation on this. Steph Curry banged up his non-shooting shoulder last night, still had 38 points and a loss to the Pacers. I'm just waiting for, see, you know, you got to time this correctly because you have the older players and then you have the younger players. I'm still waiting for some of the younger players to step up. And Kaminga, Wiseman, you know, I, I like Jordan Poole. But, you know, what is Draymond going to give you the rest of this season? Is Clay going to be able to recapture the old Clay Thompson? Steph being healthy keeps you in the conversation. And, uh, you know, he's the basketball's version of uh, Patrick Mahomes. He, he keeps you competitive there. But you've seen, as great as Steph has been this year, it doesn't matter because they haven't won on the road. Yeah, Paul. I've got last year's Golden State Warriors. They were uh, 22 and 19 away on a season. They're three games above 500. There is no team in basketball. I think last year the worst team in basketball on the road was actually, I think, the Portland Trailblazers. Mm. They were they were not good on the road. All right. Any other poll questions, suggestions there? We have a couple more. Okay. Should the NFL add roughing the passer to instant replay? All right. Yes. We'll talk to Peter King about this. I think roughing the passer calls are down dramatically. I just want them to be more consistent. That's the problem I have. The Dolphins had a defender who was called for roughing the passer, Jalen Phillips, roughing, uh, but that was in the Chargers game. And uh, he, I mean, he didn't lay Justin Herbert down, but he did do his best to avoid landing on him after the sack. And then they called that, which I, you know, you're watching it. You go, what are you seeing that I'm not seeing? Because to me, be more consistent with it. They're calling less, but be more consistent when you call it. What else, Todd? And one other one was when it comes to the World Cup final, I am Team Mbappe or Team Mbappe, however you want to say it. Team Messi or not interested at all. Hmm. Uh, I would love to see Messi go out this way. Mbappe has already won the World Cup. And, you know, he's very young, making $100 million a year right now for Paris Saint-Germain. But, you know, here's Messi. What is he, 35? This is it. Go out this way. You never won this. This is where you cement GOAT status. You know, Ronaldo had a horrible World Cup. Yeah. I guess they're part of me, even though I picked France to win it, uh, that I would love to see Messi win the World Cup. All right, 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow. Say good morning, good morning, if you're watching on Peacock, our streaming partner, or listening on our radio affiliates around the country, Fox Sports Radio, iHeartRadio. When we come back, we'll talk 
Peter King, and uh, we'll get his thoughts on the owners' meeting. Also, it feels like some of those owners are backing away from their, hey, Daniel Snyder should be gone, to, mm, I don't know, I need a little more information here. And also, the uh, roughing the passer calls. We'll talk to Pete about that right after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Full Sail University, if you've ever wanted to be a sportscaster, now's your chance. And there's no better place in America. I know there's wonderful schools, but I take great pride in who we have on our faculty. And I would wager to say you put our faculty up against any other faculty in America. We have, I mean, it wouldn't be uh, like Anchorman, you know, when you're, (laughs) you know, you're fighting each other with uh, Trident missiles or anything. I'm just talking about experience in the business. And uh, my faculty has close to 300 years of experience. Uh, You know, you start with Gus Ramsey, my longtime producer at ESPN. He heads up the program. You can uh, get your degree, and uh, you can get it in as short as 20 months online or full sales campus in Orlando, Florida. Hands-on, practical experience. People who've been in the business tell you what you need to know. So when you get out, when you graduate, we want you getting a job. Learn more about the Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting. You can go to fullsale.edu slash Dan Patrick. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the, I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like digging for treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. Whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer that tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And it's less filling. Only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year, be like, oh, man. Crack one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Let's bring in Peter King, who joins us. Before I talk football, I know you uh, knew Grant Wall, the great soccer writer, and uh, also got an opportunity to spend time talking to his his wife. Uh, Would you like to share... Some of that conversation. 
Yeah, sure, Dan. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Celine Gounder, uh, who is now Grant's widow, um, I think is, uh, you know, when she was discussing with me Grant's death, I think it was a cross between trying to be clinical and also talking about someone who she obviously loved dearly. And it was hard at times for her. I did a, an interview with her that I posted as a podcast yesterday. But the one thing that really stood out to me is that she feels so incredibly grateful for everyone who uh, has basically sung the praises of Grant Wall as the greatest soccer writer and the greatest, the most influential sports media person in the United States about this growing sport. And Dan, back in 2010, when we both worked for Sports Illustrated, I went to cover the World Cup in South Africa. And Grant was basically my uh, entree into this world of soccer. He took me everywhere. He introduced me to everybody. He said, hey, go talk to Bob Bradley, the coach. Uh, he's a big Parcells guy. You know, you'll have something in common. You know, he's a New Jersey guy. And so it, it was all that kind of stuff. And, you know, some people might say, well, geez, this is Grant's giving you time with people who he um, cultivated and who he wanted uh, to, to, to be able to work with. And I always thought that the reason he did that is not only for total unselfishness and class, but because he wanted to see the game grow in the United States. And so that's why he's introducing me to everybody. He wants me to write about it to a non-soccer crowd, you know. So he just was uh, an unselfish guy who had so many uh, people around the country who can say right now that he was a huge influence in their lives. And I think that's what Celine right now really appreciates about him. Yes, I think that... People might know the name Grant Wall because he did the profile on LeBron James when LeBron was still right. in high school, yeah. did the cover story, and the first one to really say, America, here's the future in LeBron James. And then, But he really was known for being a, uh, a, a soccer writer and helped grow the sport immensely. And, and I hope there's some you know, posthumous honor for him that his wife can share in, his widow can share in, uh, that's soccer-related. I do, too. And I think U.S. soccer, hey, look, you know, you heard Becky Sauerbrunn, Abby Wambach, uh, Tyler Adams from this year's team really uh, get very, very emotional talking about Grant. Uh, and so I'm sure that U.S. soccer is going to do something. They should do something. I hope a lot of people do something because his is a memory that we all should cherish. We're talking to Peter King, uh, Football Morning in America columnist. Comes out every uh, Monday morning and a contributor to Football Night in America. NFL owners meetings. Um, the review on roughing the passer. If, if I'm correct with the numbers that they haven't called it as often based off last year, but they've been inconsistent in how they're calling it. Is that a fair way to uh, look at this topic? I think it's fair. I think the issue is that you basically, because roughing the passer, Dan, if you think about it, is almost exclusively called by the referee. There's two of the seven officials, two of the seven game officials, who call the game from the backfield. One is the umpire, and he's mostly watching uh, the offensive line. And the other is the referee, and he is charged on that specific play with watching, if it's a pass play, watching the hits on the quarterback. And you have 17 people, and you have 17, even though the NFL tries so hard to make it an absolute equal standard, it's impossible. They're human beings. So you have one guy who's going to say, well, that looked like he was the quarterback was flung to the ground, and I'm going to call it. And another referee would say, hey, he's just throwing the guy to the ground. He was His momentum carried him. He didn't do that maliciously. And so that's the issue right now. And look, I'm all for the NFL trying to make the game as well officiated as possible. And Dan, what's the old cliche about 
you know, you're never going to be perfect, but if you seek perfection, you'll be the best that you can be. That's fine. But for everybody to want to have pass interference and roughing the passer called the same by 17 crews, it's a pipe dream. It's never going to happen. Are you against replay review for roughing the passer? I mean, I'm sort of, Dan, you know, I think replay ought to be used on any play that a coach wants to challenge. And, you know, that's a, that's a Belichickism too. Um, but the reason that I feel that way is that if you only have a certain amount of challenges in a game, you're going to be judicious with them as a coach. So it's not going to be, oh, my God, there's going to be so many more stoppages. Coaches are going to have to save a challenge or two for late in the game. So they're not going to throw a flag on a, on something that happens with 10 minutes left in the first quarter, most likely. So all I'm saying is I'm in favor of, of being able to challenge anything. But, I mean, I think there are a lot more important things that can be challenged, honestly, than hits on quarterbacks. It's It's something that is not just going to be done in uh in a uniform way yeah i i worry that if we start to go a little bit closer to college you have automatic ejections here um you know those are review you know they do look at those but still you're talking about automatic ejections i don't know if the nfl gets to that point i don't think so i can't see it i can't see uh, you know, Micah Parsons five minutes into a into a playoff game, driving uh, Jalen Hurts into the ground, and uh, you know, and Sean Hockley saying ejection. Yeah. It's just, it's too. These games, even regular season games, they're too important. I think to make now look. It's one thing if uh, if Micah Parsons rears back and slugs. Jalen hurts in the jaw with a punch. He should be ejected, but not for a football play that maybe is over the line. The NFL talked about the lowest average score margin for a season. There's closer games. This is the lowest average score margin for a season since 1932, but scoring is down. How concerning do you think this is for the NFL and the competition committee? I think it's a little bit too early to to say we need to make such and such a rules change about this. And I know the NFL is really, really into scoring, time of game, all those things. But look, I think the and I think the NFL will say we don't want the the scoring to go down that much. But again, this is one year. It's fourteen weeks. And and the one thing, Dan, that I think that I would say to sort of counter that, that the reason why I don't really think it's that big a deal, I think it's just, you know, sort of the vagaries of a season. I don't, you can't point to something and say, ha, that's the reason why scoring is down a little bit, not a lot. And I, I would just look at some of the ratings that the NFL has gotten this year. Fans are not saying, oh, boy, I'll tell you what, scoring's down three points a game. I'm not watching. <laughs> They're not saying that. Yeah. So, I mean, you want to be cognizant of this, and you want to see if there are things that you can do to make sure that this doesn't become, you know, six points a game, eight points a game, ten points a game. I get it. But I think it's a little bit early to be very reactionary about that. If we had a friendly bet, is Daniel Snyder still owning the Commanders next year? My friendly bet would say no, but I have no inside information on that, Dan. I just, I can't believe that the league will continue to kowtow to Snyder and to allow, and look, you can say whatever you want about what's fair, what's unfair, but if I'm one of the 32 owners in the league and I read testimony before the Congress of the United States, that Bruce Allen, who he can be Daniel Snyder's dread enemy right now, which he is, but there was a time when they were the closest 
uh, you know, president and and CEO, uh, or I'm sorry, owner and CEO, president, whatever title Allen had, they were as close as any two uh, people in the league. And so for Bruce Allen to say that even Dan Snyder hinted at, I'm going to have Roger Goodell tailed so we can find out some dirt on him. Yeah. How do you have somebody like that in your league? How do you do that? And how does Roger Goodell continually just poo-poo this like it's no big deal? It's just, I just think the NFL has given Snyder way too long a leash. But it'd be precedent. And the commissioner never wants this to get to a vote. You you know, he probably would say to Daniel Snyder, look, I don't want this to get to a vote. Um, You need to sell the team. Uh, you know, Robert Sarver with the Phoenix Suns. Let's not put this to a vote. Let's just, you, right. you make a smart decision, quote unquote, sell the team, make your money, and then move on from here. Let's not make this worse. And this is why the commissioner makes $60 million a year. He's got to represent all of these owners, including the one that they may want out, but he still has to represent him as well. I get it, Dan. I really get it. I think the biggest issue, one of the biggest issues right now is that there's so many new owners uh, and and people who've come in in the last 10 years who basically, you know, like the Denver Broncos owners now, uh, you know, the Walton Penner uh, people, uh, they basically, they're just sitting back and trying to figure out what this league is and trying to figure out the business of football and all that. And I get that. It's And that's important. You don't want to be knee-jerk in this. But at some point, you have to say, we just don't want to be in business with this guy anymore. And Dan, the other thing is, the NFL has spent so much time and energy dealing with a rogue owner. It it reminds me in a little bit of a different way of Al Davis. You know, because even though Daniel Snyder is not one of these guys who, who, in a football sense, is at war with the NFL. It's kind of in a business in a business sense he is. Okay? And I don't even want to say at war. He, he you know, he just he has run a, a once proud franchise into the ground yeah. over the last quarter century. There's no arguing it. And 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 you know, I think it's long past time for somebody to get to him and to say, "Listen, for the good of your family, for the good of the game, for the good of the fans, of Metro Washington, you've got to sell this team. Pete, good to talk to you as always. Thanks for your thoughts on uh, Grant Wall and safe travels. Thanks a lot, Dan. Take care. Peter King, Football Morning in America and a contributor to uh, Football Night in America. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app, at FSR, or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You could trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the. I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what too is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. 
Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? Or I don't know, take over a minute to down a two-liter? Well, if you have, then you're going to love Pick 6. It's the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how you play it during the playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they will have more or less of a stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Also, you track your picks, play against others for a shot to win at some big cash prizes. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now. Use the promo code DPSHOW for a chance to win huge cash prizes. That's code DPSHOW. Only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Tony Dungy, the Hall of Famer, former uh, NFL head coach of the Colts and the Buccaneers, and of course, Football Night in America contributor and a Detroit Lions fan. Tone, you have reason to root for the Lions this year. Are you on the bandwagon? Finally, a little hope, Dan. <laughs> uh, I, I see some defense starting to come around. The offense was playing great early in the year, but I was wondering if we could stop anybody. Aaron Glenn's got that unit playing better and better. Aiden Hutchinson uh, making some big plays. So I think there is a, a little room for hope. Okay, you said we. If if, yeah, <laughs> if the Lions played the Colts. Oh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I'm, I'm probably rooting for the Colts because I, I work for them and I, I have people, they paid my paycheck. The Lions never paid my paycheck. <laughs> the Lions, well, weren't you up for the Lions job? Or did you consider coaching the Lions years ago? Martin Mayhew was uh, doing a coaching search. He was the GM. Martin had played for me in Tampa, and he's asking me about Jim Caldwell. And he said, before we get started, I, I have to ask the obligatory <laughs> question. And because of my roots and growing up there, my dad being such a Lions fan, I actually told Martin I would think about it for 24 hours uh, before I said no. <laughs> but I thought about it for 24 hours and said no. But this is where you talk to your wife and – you have to bring no. It, it it really didn't even go that oh, okay. far. I, I I told Martin if my dad was still alive, I, I probably would have done it <laughs> because of, of his love for the Lions and all my roots. But uh, at that point, I was I was done coaching. All right, help me understand this with roughing the passer. The number of roughing the passer calls are down significantly, thirty seven percent. But anger is up because we're not quite sure if you're a defensive player. How do you sack somebody now? And, and you know, we never thought that we would get to this point. How did we get to this point? We got to this point because we want to protect the quarterbacks and the investment in the game, and we all understand that. And so you're trying to create rules and trying to create a black and white where it, it can't be black and white. It, it's got to be one of those things where you know it when you see it. Um, I, I remember when they first put in the rule, if you hit the quarterback in the head, it's rough in the past. And so we had a couple guys trying to block passes, and they just touched the head. And we got penalties. So John Turlink was our defensive line coach. He comes in to me and says, we are never trying to block another pass. We're going right at the midsection. We're laying out. We're taking one step. We're hitting these guys right in the midsection. And then people get upset about that because, oh, you hit them with your full body weight. So now it's – we. You know, you can't try to block a pass. You can't hit him in the knee. You can't put your whole body weight. 
you know when somebody's drilling the quarterback and taking an extra shot. That's what the officials should call. When the, the, the uh, linebacker from Miami, you know, has both hands in the air and barely touches the guy, you can't call that rough in the past. You just can't. And that's what people are angry about. But I'm. how about if we have it where it's reviewable, but you have only a certain number? No, you don't like that. No. no. Reviews don't work. We saw that with pass interference. And we're sitting there, and they're reviewing it, and you're saying, as Mike Holmgren would say, 50 drunks in a bar would say this is not pass interference, and they would say the call stands. So, you know, it's just I don't think reviews are the key. I think it's just educating these officials. You know what rough in the past is. When a guy is taking an extra shot, when he's taking two steps, when he pushes them down unnecessarily, when he really does drive him into the turf, not just fall on him, but drive him into the turf, we know what rough in the past is. Just, just call it. But did you ever feel like an official – even though he knew he was wrong, was not going to change it because ego gets involved? Well, and that's where part of our, our problem is. If we would come on Monday at these NFL press conferences and say, you know what, that, that call in, in the Chargers game, it wasn't rough in the past, so we made a mistake. Everybody could live with that because every, everybody does make mistakes. But when you say, no, Calvin Johnson really didn't catch the ball, and then, you know, everybody and their mother says, no, he caught it. He took two steps. He put his hands down on the ground. He got up to celebrate and he dropped the ball. That was a touchdown. Detroit should have won the game. But when you say, well, no, it really wasn't a catch. And then you start having to make rules because you want to justify that. Yeah. And then the next catch, you, you know, so that's what happens. And we're getting that with roughing the passers. We're getting that with taking the helmet off, you know. The, the Saints lose, or not the Saints, but the, the Panthers lose a game because the guy's celebrating in the stands with the fans, and we throw a flag. And just instead of saying we were wrong, that, that we don't want that called, we try to justify it. Now when the next guy takes his helmet off, we don't call it. We, we do call it. That, that's where people get upset. Talking to Tony Dungy, the Hall of Famer, scoring is down. The games are closer, but scoring is down, and I – I want to give credit to the defense. You know, the Niners have a great defense. Dallas has, you know, a formidable defense. Um, and I don't know if it's philosophy, Tony, that, and it felt like it started with the Kansas City Chiefs. We're going to make you dink and dunk and not let you beat us with a big play. Yeah. And I don't know if other teams are kind of subscribing to that. People are adopting that. They are um you know, trying to take away the big play. They're drafting defenders. I, I never thought we'd see cornerbacks drafted in the top four, but Sauce Gardner, you know, is, is a factor. And people are saying, I want that. So there is an emphasis on defense. But, Dan, I think that really the big thing is lack of practice time and lack of, of working together. I, I, I just think we've cut down on practices. We've cut down on what you can do. And this, this hurts the offense. Well, I also go back to Green Bay when Aaron Rodgers was upset with those young receivers. I was upset with Aaron Rodgers being upset with them because he already knows how to play the game. They don't. And I thought that that was a real missed opportunity for Green Bay that he would be with those young receivers. You you are so right. My, my last year coaching, 2008, um, we drafted Anthony Gonzalez, number one from Ohio State, wide receiver. He can't come because Ohio State has the long, you know, they're in school in May and, and until June. Peyton Manning at that point had already won a Super Bowl. He'd won three MVPs. Peyton Manning got in his car twice a week, drove from Indianapolis to Columbus, Ohio, took the playbook with him, went over the playbook for an hour with Anthony Gonzalez, threw routes at their facility for an hour and drove back eight hours a day on his own. We never asked him to do that twice a week on his own to help Anthony Gonzalez get ready. So when Aaron Rodgers says, oh, we've got these young receivers and they aren't ready, but oh, by the way, I wasn't there during, yeah. during the summer. You, you, you can't, I, I don't buy that. The NBA came out with awards and they named them after players. The MVP award is Michael Jordan, uh, even though Kareem has one more MVP than Mike does. But I was wondering if we did this with the NFL, how do you think Peyton would take this if I said the regular season MVP is the Peyton Manning Award, the Super Bowl MVP is the Tom Brady Award? 
I think that would make sense. Uh, you look at how many MVPs Peyton has won. You look at how many you know MVPs the Super Bowls Brady has won. Um, I, I think that would make sense. I do think we have a recency bias when we talk that way. Um, you might want to go back to the Otto Graham Award or the Jim Brown Award or the, or the Sammy Ball Award. Uh, we don't realize how great some of those guys were. But uh, I, I could see what you're saying. I could go with that. Yeah, I, I, but I love that we, we don't forget those who played before because there is the recency bias. People don't remember Johnny Unitas. Um, and, and what he meant to that position. Like, he was the first modern-day quarterback with what yeah. he did, the two-minute drill. I mean, and we we forget. Peyton modeled his game after Unitas, and he was a throwback to that, that era. Uh, I can remember my dad, the first game I ever went to in Detroit, my dad took me to a Lions-Browns preseason game because he wanted me to see Jim Brown. And it, it just, that was my dad's era. And he wanted me to know that was greatness. Well, I try to tell people about Jim Brown. And oh. you, I, I, I still don't know how to describe what he did, how he did it, when he did it, and that he got so bored that he went into acting. He, he just said, is there any other challenges here? Nope. I'm going to be an actor here after nine seasons. My coach, Chuck Knoll, uh, was a man of few words, but I, I rarely saw him speechless. <laughs> he blocked for Jim Brown. When I asked him about Jim Brown, he just he couldn't even describe it. He said he was so far ahead of his time and so skilled and so good. Um, he, you know, he didn't want to downplay his own role, but he said he really didn't need blockers. I didn't know Chuck Knoll blocked for Jim Brown. He was the alternating uh, guard, messenger guard uh, for Paul Brown. Yes. Yep. Uh, what are the Cowboys getting with T.Y. Hilton? I, I think they're getting a guy who can be explosive and can make some plays. They've got a great receiving core. C.D. Lamb is going to get all the attention, and they've got Gallup, and, and they've got tight end. So now when you bring – T.Y. Hilton in as the third receiver, maybe the fourth receiver in a four-wide receiver said, well, he's going to get single covered. And this is still a guy who has speed and quickness and can beat single coverage. And, and I would see him doing some damage here down the strip. But it feels like Jerry Jones has had his eye on OBJ and somehow, someway, he's going to bring him in. I don't know when he can play, but it feels like Jerry Jones is committed to OBJ. I, I think they're going to get OBJ. My guess is it will probably be next year because if you were going to get him this year and he was going to do something for you in the playoffs, I don't think you would assign T.Y. Hill. You don't need that with all the other receivers you have. Um, I, I think Jerry is infatuated with big names. He saw what OBJ did down the stretch for the Rams. Yeah. I don't know if Odell is ready to go and he can play at that level yet. I don't think anybody knows, but I, I think Jerry Jones would like to see that. I, I don't think it's going to happen this year. We might have snow in Buffalo with the Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills. Now, you coached in Indianapolis and you coached in Tampa, so you weren't around the elements uh, unless you went on the road. What was your philosophy in telling your players, well, certainly in Tampa, when you'd be on the road and cold weather, what did you say? Well, in Indianapolis, we could deal with it because we just would practice outdoors. We're playing on the road this week in Buffalo. We're going to practice outdoors. We've got the same elements, and we'd get ready for it. In Tampa, there's no way you can get ready for it. So you have to take the – I took the Bud Grant approach, and Mike McDaniel is trying to do that. You know, it's mental. Bud Grant used to say that heat was physical, cold is mental. And that's the way – no, and it's true. It's true. And – uh, he would tell a story every year when the weather would turn cold about working on the Alaskan pipeline when he was a student at the University of Minnesota. And they had an Eskimo uh, who was fixing the tractors. And the, the guys who came up from Minnesota could only be out there 15-minute shifts, and then it was too cold. Well, the tractor broke. The Eskimo came and fixed it, and he's out there an hour and a half, right? Yeah, I think I got it ready. And they're like, how can you be out there an hour and a half? You can only be out there 15 minutes. He said, I'm not trying to stay warm. I'm trying to fix the tractor. You're staying warm. So as soon as you get cold, you come in. And so Bud said, we're trying to fix the tractor. We're not trying to stay warm. And he would get the guys like Sammy White from Grambling and Rashad and 
they'd go out there with no gloves and no sleeves and, and play. And we're not trying to stay warm. So uh, it is a little bit mental, but when you, you can't practice in it, you can't walk around in it, uh, it's a shock to your system when you go out there on that field. We're just fine, trying to fix the tractor. Um, <laughs> I'll leave you with this. Are the Niners good enough defensively to go to the Super Bowl just with that defense? They are. Uh, that, that defense is very good. They can run the football. Brock Purdy is surprised me the last two weeks. He's throwing the ball well. But even if he doesn't, if he is just okay or slightly below average, the way they can run and the way they can play defense, John Lynch was on the, the, the Super Bowl team in Tampa. John Lynch was on our 99 team that went right to the championship game with that formula of playing defense and running the ball. And I, I know that's what they've sold, mm. and I believe they can do it. I believe they can do it. Always great to talk to you. My best to uh, Lauren and the kids uh, over the holidays. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, DP. Always great to be on with you. That's the Hall of Famer, Tony Dungy. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.